You're listening to the Road to Wisdom podcast, weaving stories told by wonderful minds about all things motherhood, health, intimacy, politics, nature, and everything in between. Join us on an adventure discovering unique experiences that we can learn from to enhance the ways in which we live. We are your hosts, Chloe and Kishia. Welcome everyone to the Road to Wisdom podcast. Um, Today we are doing a solo cast. We did put a shout out on our Insta um, asking you guys for any questions related to, I guess, birth prep and anything that we're implementing from what we've learnt currently in the podcast um, into our pregnancies and birth prep. And we got some really awesome questions. So we're going to give our best shot at um, (laughs) answering some of them. Um, yeah. Chloe. All right. I might just like interview, be the interviewer and interview us. Yeah. Okay. Um, so ap- apologies for those watching. We do have a phone out, but it's because that's where our questions are. <laughs> All right. Cute question. What's it like being pregnant together? Oh, I love it. It's not fair. <laughs> it is. It's actually, I feel like, um, It was a bit of a blessing for me because this baby came as quite a shock to my system. Um, It was nice knowing that I was doing it with you and also the number of children are the same. So, yeah. I kind of felt the same. I'm like, there's somebody out there that's as loose as us having five kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, no, it is nice because you're like a couple of days in front of me and sometimes I forget about some of the things like – I remember just this happened the other day. You were like, oh, my God, my boob is so sore. And I was like, oh, mine aren't. And then the next week I was like, this boob, <laughs> I think I have, like, is it possible to get mastitis yeah. before I've even, like, because it was just colostrum and whatever. And anyway, it was such a little tiny thought. But I was like, oh, I'm good. Like, it's just, like, very comforting almost. Yeah. And it's also really nice, I think, too, because we're both in the situation of we've just started this business together and – now we're both going to be going through the same... We're evolving it together. Yeah. So we can, you know, we know how each other are kind of feeling and the, even the family dynamics and everything mm, like that. Very it's, similar. It's awesome. Um, what's... I'm not sure about that question. Do you like having your kids at birth? At the birth? Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want to answer this one? Um, yeah. I've always planned for all the kids to just be at the birth yeah. and I've never really um, – I've never needed to like get rid of them so to speak. But last birth I had, my mum was actually there. So that was kind of – it was easy because she was kind of just like looking after them and yeah. tending to their needs and whatnot. So – and at the end as he was like minutes, moments away from actually coming out, I called them in and it was actually just – so incredibly beautiful and um but I think it takes a little bit of prep don't you think because like they're always going to see you in a place where they feel like you're really hurt or I think it really depends on the kid too yeah because I know that my oldest she has just been desperate to see a baby come out of me um and we have actually intended to have her at each uh, well the last two anyway um but I think she's pretty adamant on actually catching this baby so that she's definitely <laughs> in the room when the baby comes out. Um, the only reason I think, I mean, she was three when I had 
Rue and I hesitated calling her into the room in those final moments because I was, I felt really loud and really primal and I just didn't want to scare her and I didn't want her to walk away with um, any fear around birth. Um, It turns out I actually wasn't making any noise at all but in my head I was. And then the, like with Poet's birth, we it, she fully intended on being there. I mean, she's in our birth film and everything, but it was such a long labor. I mean, it went over twenty six hours, and then the kids were in bed, and my labor switched on once everyone was asleep. But I didn't even realize. Like, I went into a bit of a flighty mode that I didn't even realize that I was going through transition and. Mm. going through that and so nearly everyone missed the birth of poet because I was just like in such Mm. a weird twilighty space that I didn't even really recognize what was happening within Mm. myself so um I think this time around we will try and have like everyone's kind of older and Mm. I think more mature they can handle it so we actually just got gifted a beautiful book from one of our guests called birth is magic and Mm. it's it's really good it's and good really sweet prep. And I know there's a couple of books but this one particularly is mm. quite raw and it goes through like there's pictures of like blood and mum screaming in a way that's like not painful yeah. or scary or anything like that and it kind of just paints this really beautiful – it's really rooted in home birth so yeah. I kind of feel like it's really fitting. But, um, yeah, we often um, – I know when the kids were younger we would – like mommy's gonna make noises like a big lie like Rawr, i'll be like Rawr. yeah and so it's kind of like prepping them a little bit but i, I definitely i think it is also dependent on the kid whereas like 100%. like willow and rue have been you know at poets they were like so into it and so into the placenta and everything and then humphrey my second was quite reserved, reserved. and sitting back so it yeah i leave it up to them they can come in they can come they can be there they don't have to be but um, ultimately, once baby's out, everyone's in the room so that mm. we can all feed off that beautiful oxytocin high. Love that. Um, our, our approaches to diet in pregnancy. Oh, do you want to take away? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, this might sound unusual, but I feel like I don't really change a whole lot. I just try and kind of um, nourish. Yeah, like just be more mindful, I guess, like of mm. skipping meals or, um, you know, like really making sure I'm eating enough Yeah. Um, and of the right foods and things like that. But I used to be really into supplementing and all that stuff, but I'm, I do the very bare minimum now and just yeah. try to eat lots of food and do things like maybe I'll do like cod liver oil this tri- last trimester or the last bit and... I do it sporadically when I'm when I feel like when you're when you're asking for it. I feel like this is and I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit here. I feel like when you just take it in, take the pregnancy, and you don't overcomplicate it, and you don't get all the checkups and the antenatal mm. care, you've actually got a moment to be like, oh, this is what my body needs. Yes, like yep. hey, actually, I'm feeling this, or like, you know, I know yeah. what I need. Um, I felt that a lot this pregnancy. So, yeah, I think just. Um, yeah, making sure I'm eating enough, lots yep. of protein and just, yeah, not too much like spiking blood glucose and all that, just keeping things nice and mellow, balanced, yeah. I, um, I, I'm a bit different because I, I 
live off that crust diet when I'm not pregnant, <laughs> like the leftover, kids' leftovers diet. Um, so when I am pregnant, I do try and make a little bit more of a conscious effort to make sure that, you know, not as much takeout definitely, but mm. where wherever we go is organic options and, mm. um, yeah, try and really tune into what my body's needing and, um, and how I'm feeling before and after food. I've had a f- couple of little microbiome issues this pregnancy, which has influenced my eating somewhat. But a couple of things that I do throughout all my pregnancies is down nettle leaf infusion, which is <laughs> every guest that's been on our podcast knows about that lately. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to feed it to you. You're like, ugh. <laughs> but I love I, a herbal infusion, uh, but there's something about nettle that just like I can have a cup of it and I'm like, Okay, next. It's so strong. But it, also my first trimester when I'm feeling sick, I find it's like mm. that cold nettle leaf infusion. It actually does like, work a dream. Oh, it's so good. Um, and then a couple of other just little things that I'll add. Mushrooms, obviously. Mm. Um, a bit of reishi, a bit of chaga. Lion's mane during this podcast. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Fulvic minerals, I've been mm. on that this pregnancy just because I felt that wasn't very prepared for pregnancy. So mm. I just wanted to up my mineral intake as much as possible. And then cod liver as well, which actually was a bit of a lifesaver during mm. that first trimester too. So, oh, and magnesium at the moment because I'm getting lots of night cramps, which has been fun in mm. my legs, not in my belly, um, which is a usual one for I'm me. I'm sure if I was actually... Gave that question more thought. I could probably give some people some really good <laughs> advice. But I don't know. I feel like in my the more I know and the more I am pregnant, it's there's so many other things that I focus on. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of overrides nutrition as a whole. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. and if you've listened your to this base, podcast, you know that it's probably not on my Your like baseline my is pretty good solid yeah. nutrition though. Yeah. Um Okay, let's get a little controversial. Someone said this might be controversial. It's not. <laughs> Pregnant with first and navigating what vaccines are necessary. None. <laughs> it's Next <just> question. <laughs> no. um, I, look, I really sympathise with that because we, like I hadn't done any research and didn't really know anything about vaccines when we had our first and that was a really contentious topic for me and my husband, especially coming out of that university um, culture and mm. really, be- really truly believing that people who don't vaccinate their children just want them to die. Um, <laughs> I've done a 180 on that and <laughs> now believe the opposite. No, um, <laughs> but I do feel that it's, it is something that you you want to look into um, mm. and there are some really beautiful documentaries that I watched in Trace Amounts was a really good one and Vaxxed um, which really goes in like deep into the history of vaccines and the pharmaceutical companies and um, I think there's another one that's come out 1986 which was when – I think that one, mm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure um, Robert Kennedy Jr. is in that one. And it goes more into when they removed liability from the pharmaceutical companies creating vaccines and that's now propagated a very big 
industry behind mandates and what is required for children and it doesn't really align with what is medically necessary. Um, mm. So there's a lot of information out there. There's probably too much and there's a lot of conflicting too. I find this a really difficult thing. I thankfully was on the other side before I had the kids so mm. I'm very lucky. But um, I think that if you don't know and you've got a bad feeling, there's no harm in delaying it. Mm-hmm. You can't not – you can't take it back once you've done it. Yeah. But you can always decide if you're feeling the pull to do it, just go do it. And, and that's your decision and that's what you get to make. Absolutely. Um, but for me, I just um, – I really just learned about what I was afraid of and which things were afraid of, which was hooping cough and we've talked about this before. Um, and so I just learned about what that was and what it looks like and how to treat it from a different lens and um, – Dr. Susan Humphreys was a great reference. She has an incredible mm-hmm. protocol for when a baby gets or an adult or any of your children get get it. So it's actually really just valuable to have, to know. Yeah, and um, if you want to look into Steiner's philosophies around whooping cough and a couple of the other childhood yeah. illnesses, there are actually a lot of benefits to children having them at particular ages. You can get ages. them through it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also at the start because we lived a very unusual lifestyle – getting on a plane at like, you know, five weeks, six weeks postpartum with a newborn was our norm. Um, I felt quite vulnerable in my decision making. So I actually decided to do homeopathic vaccinations. I got them and I think I probably administered for like three weeks before realising like this is also just rubbish. (laughs) I don't need this. I'm feeling very confident. But I felt like it was a good bridge. Like, okay, I'm not – like, and there's a lot of parents out there like, I'm just not feeling like this is right. Something feels off. But they need to make a decision because they're feeling the pressure or they're feeling neglectful. They're feeling like they don't want to make, you know, they don't want a sick baby. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's when we do an have incredible a, bridge. We have a brilliant episode coming out yeah. um, probably shortly after this one yeah. with Melissa Kupsch and she goes into homeopathic prophylaxis and reasons why to go down that road rather than mm. um, vaccination. So uh, listen to that too. That'll give you a bit more information. But, yeah, I think, I think we listed off a good mm. few things to have yeah. a look at. Yeah. Um. I'm going to just say both of these questions in one because I feel like it's a similar answer for me and then you can expand. Um, First one, techniques you've used during birth and second, any pregnancy books that you recommend. I kind of feel like these are similar in the sense that like outsourcing what you innately know Mm. can sometimes be detrimental detrimental, Mm. but can be helpful if it's the right type of information at the same time if that makes yeah. sense so books like you know what your body may do or something like phys- from a physiological or biological standpoint may be helpful or more like psychological stuff may be helpful like mm. i'm thinking um yolandi's book the portal yeah. one how it's more like addressing the stories that you're pardon me attaching yourself to and the drama and you know yeah. like complicating it psychologically for yourself and you know taking away from like you have the innate ability and yeah. knowledge within you to actually birth your baby. I feel like sometimes the more information, the more courses, even hypnobirthing sometimes, maybe not hypnobirthing as much, I feel like that's quite helpful for people these days. Yeah. That can just 
kind of take you away and from it. But if you come from a really conditioned state of mind where you're like really fearful of birth, then um, it's good to have a look. I had a couple of books when I read with the Rhea Dempsey one. I'm so sorry, Ria. <laughs> birth with confidence yeah, and, and beyond um, the birth plan. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously Yolanda's yeah. book, The Portal. Jane Hardwick Collings has Ten Moons, which is a really beautiful read. And then also anything Ina May Gaskin is really beautiful. Just bringing it back to physiological birth and trusting the body and the body's innate mm. wisdom to do these, to do things like we poo, digest, yeah. push a human out so it's um i do think breathing can be helpful in a way because it's not removing mm-hmm. pain or anything but it's just kind of like a means to ground yeah i mean i felt that it was helpful in ways but you'll but breathe. i didn't do anything it's not like a specifically technique. it was something yeah. that i learned prior in vipassana and yeah. years of that world but do I think it's necessary? Probably not. I think you're probably just going to do it anyway. And I feel like techniques in like in terms of techniques in the birth space. It's actually just giving yourself permission to do whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah, and what just if you the, like the more you can just tap into your body, you'll move exactly the way you need to move. Mm. So um, probably and, not have someone there guiding is, you. Yeah, yeah, not listening to other people guiding you. But if you're feeling like I, I think in some instances I've felt stuck or I felt like this need to change where I'm at or what I'm doing and that has ended up being the exact thing that my body's needed because I haven't had anyone telling me otherwise or told you know telling you to push like babies just come out so um yeah I think the the best thing I mean I don't know my opinion has definitely changed throughout pregnancies but Mm. I think reading the books more than anything just drops you into your body a bit and drops you into that birth space and kind of tunes out Mm. all the other stuff that you kind of need to get rid of coming into that zone and then when you go into birth just give yourself permission to do what feels right and um and yeah and move the way that feels completely necessary and then have a deep deep trust in the process yeah so that's a good segue to the next question Uh which is how do you block out the noise i'm guessing the noise is like other people putting opinions opinions and traumas and projections and stories um this has been very relevant to us with this podcast yes yeah i know earlier on i was like struggling because i felt really racy i was like like in the air in the sky i'd like finish recording a podcast with like a birth story or even like any of the episodes with you know, whoever we've spoken to in regards to birth and I'd leave and I'm like, oh, my God, I just have no clarity on, like I can't get a grip on where I'm at, what I want, like where, you know, where am I going with this? And I just felt so polluted and I was like, I can't talk about birth anymore or I can't hear, I don't want to hear people's stories. Too much influence. It's just too much and it was too much for me to get a grip and have the clarity that I needed to kind of keep guiding me in this direction. Yeah. And so I think we did take a little break over December, January and I was yeah. like, it was totally different. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess like you're the only one that's going to birth your baby, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, it actually doesn't really matter what 
And I think if you can approach anyone, because I've, I've definitely had a few experiences, even in this pregnancy, where um, even like people in the health world are like, oh, good thing you don't have any expectations. So if you end up with a C-section, you won't be disappointed. And I was like, that's really interesting. And like that would, I think, at the start of this pregnancy would have seized me up a little bit and I would have taken it on board. But now I'm like, that's interesting that you have that story and mm. I'm really sad for you that you do. Um, and I can kind of listen to it without it penetrating, which I don't know what happened that I've been able to do that because I feel it like everything have, was I penetrating feel like for at the me, start. Yolanda's conversation was pretty um, – like there was just a couple it, of seeds planted for me about like the drama and the stories. Yeah, yeah. And I really like sat with that and um, – yeah, I had a couple of realisations where I was like, I'm actually telling myself a lot of stories as well. Yeah. And then other people's stories and women particularly love to dramatise everything yes. in their lives and birth happens to be like a really big thing that women love to dramatise and talk about and inflate and just like, mm. yeah, so I feel like reducing that exposure is helpful. But, but then um, also... I guess if someone does just off the cuff say something and you're like, oh, shit, that's like an opinion that I didn't want to hear. Yeah. Um, being being able to be like, okay, but that like that is actually just all you. Like yeah. that's all your story and being strong in and grounded in what you know to be true for you and your yeah. – um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Does everyone else hear what I'm saying? Apologies. (laughs) Maybe. We'll see. Um, Okay, next question and two of the same vibe. We'll answer it together. Um, Don't want the system but also need support in some form. First pregnancy here. Oh, sorry. I think I'm reading this backwards. I'll start again. First pregnancy here, struggling to find alternative support other than the system. I don't want the system but I also want support in some form. Mm. Yeah. We look, we're not we're not experts here. Um if you can't find any support other than the system but you want support like you can use the system to support you in whatever way you need it, which I've done in the past. You just so, have to be a badass. Yeah, and you <laughs> and just have to be really strong about yeah, your nose. Um I mean, for instance, I've gone through the system through my pregnancies um, or past pregnancies and, you know, done scans and blood work and all of that and I've been able to then take that information and that's all the support I need to then birth my babies at home and be happy and fine with that and then, you know, call up an ambulance and they come tick everything off and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and you can use the system that way. Um, if you, you know, if you're feeling strong and grounded grounded enough to do so. I mean, there's also a lot of online support. Yeah, I was just um, going to say, people like Michelle Palacia and other yeah. people who are incredibly helpful um, for many women, they have a, a virtual support system. Yeah, But I think also just sometimes you don't need to give all the details of your intended plan. Um, and pardon me, I've got the hiccups and I feel like that can be helpful in just non-complicating it and keeping it to yourself in a way that's obviously feels good for you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think support is super helpful from 
your friends as well, like yeah. the women around you, like calling in that support and, and letting I, them know what you're what you're hoping for, especially after the baby's born and yeah. le- those kind of weeks leading up to the end where I feel like that's when your mind can start playing with you a little bit and mm. kind of you think about things because it's the time is approaching and birth is near and you kind of like I think that's when little cracks can start to form and yeah. I feel like that sometimes you just I mean I've had people attend my births and sometimes that's what I pay them for like I've just got this wild thought it's midnight could you just <laughs> like sit with me with this yeah and I think and if yeah if you're trying to find I guess support that's more I guess what we share on this podcast, there are Facebook groups, free birthing Facebook groups and um, that kind of thing to, I guess, help you get clarity on aches and pains or any kind of questions that you want to ask if you can't find that in the physical Mm. um, where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's why sometimes having a birth doula person who is educated can be helpful, I guess, because... If suddenly you've heard a story about like breech birth ending in a C-section, you're like, holy shit, I'm going to, yeah, am yeah. I going to, you know, even the other night it rattled me when I, we were watching Born at Home and that um, baby had to Breacher. be helped out. The, I was like, have to be oh helped, my God, I do not want that. But for a second I'm like, oh my God, breech birth, not on my radar. Never had it, never <laughs> thought about it, what if? And sometimes it's just like you need to just be able to, if you don't have the ability to just be like calm yourself, check, check yourself a little bit, yeah. I'm good. Like having a person on the other line it's like, you're good, babe, which is what all my birth workers have always done. Like, yeah. you're good, you're yeah. good, you're good. There are – look, and there are a number of birth workers around. If you are listening to this and it's not been helpful, sing out. We can send you some birth workers who yeah. do work online and can lot. help you out. Yeah. All right. Um, have you been having any treatments leading up to birth that's – I saw an acupuncturist love. one time. <laughs> no, I, I get really bad restless legs, so I have gone to see a traditional Chinese um, medis, medical practitioner. He gave me some acupuncture in that night. I actually had one of the better sleeps I've had mm. in the last couple of months. But um, apart from that, I will go and see a physio purely because I do feel like I need some support in my pelvic area um, Mm. after not really recovering very well from poet's birth and I will also probably do a little bit more body work um, towards the end just because I am really prepping for postpartum. Your postpartum does body work, doesn't you? My postpartum does, yeah, yeah, doula does do body work, which I'm really excited for but I'll be getting like some body work in the lead up to Mm -hmm. birth as well just because I really want to be... Um, I, I really want to look after my body this time, which I just has never been a priority to me and Mm. yeah, for multiple reasons, but I just, um, I, I did end up with a few health complications post poet, just being, being depleted and stressed and, Mm. um, having not done any proper postpartum care. So that's really all my birth work. Like prep has been postpartum care this time, which I'm feeling good about. Amazing. Yeah. What have I been doing? <laughs> Body work. You've done some acupuncture. Yeah, I started acupuncture last week actually, which was lovely. Mm. Um, I hate acupuncture. Hey, I just cry. Yeah. 
soon as they stick the needles in, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my like, god, that's hilarious. Oh, it's so bad. But then I always have like really awesome night's sleep after, and it mm. it actually fixes whatever I've gone in for. But I'm so resistant to it. Really, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone's listening to this and you know what's up, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ooh, what will you do different to other births? I've put a lot of pressure on my births Mm. where, you know, in the lead up to I'm listening to like hypnobirthing soundtracks and I've done heaps of meditation and this time I'm actually just fully – like okay with however yeah I'm not like I think that's the only thing that I'm doing different like I just really fully trust myself and my body and this baby Mm. and um and I don't feel like I need to do anything like I'm just Mm. like we're just gonna be going along don't you feel like there's a whole collective vibe at the moment that's similar to this I feel like everyone is just no fuss if this these pregnancies lately where everyone's just like pardon me I've been drinking so much sparkling (laughs) water and I feel like I'm just slowly drowning in myself um yeah like everyone seems to be saying the same thing like this Mm. pregnancy has been really easeful it's no fuss no one's engaging in antenatal care no one's Mm. checking in checking up no scanning no I don't feel too dogmatic about that either no I don't feel like it's a thing yeah if anything felt wrong at any stage I'd just walk into a hospital and be like wait check this shit like I'm not there's no real stress or pressure there yeah yeah Yeah, I agree and it's it seems to be this has been my least worrisome stressful I mean none of my pregnancies have been overly like fanatic or anything Mm -hmm. just no worries or like hyper like fears and stuff but this has just been something that this pregnancy is just happening Mm -hmm. happening to me life is going on and it's something that's or with you and I'm not not to you I'm not just diminishing it or anything it's just happening as life happens and I feel like not having an appointment booked in for a check-in or not having to like it's like this anticipation sometimes it's creates this unnecessary worry or Mm. like is my baby okay and the one time that I actually had a concern where this was actually before Christmas before we were flying to Perth I was like oh it's unusual that I haven't really felt a lot of movement like I don't know is is this okay like is my baby okay like should I just go and get a scan it's like a little bit after 20 weeks but I could probably still do it like Mm. and then as soon as I got to Perth and I was like laying around and we're at the beach and I just started like the baby started moving so much I was like Oh, there it is. Probably just needed to check in. Probably just needed to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Because I've never been so bloody busy with doing this podcast and whatever. But um, Yeah. Yeah, nothing's really differently. It's, not, it's been no fuss, hasn't it? Yeah. Apart, mm. we haven't, I haven't done anything differently apart from just not engaging in any antenatal care. Any. Yeah. Like with Banjo, I only did like one scan. Yeah. But this time I've just been like totally not called to do any checking in with the baby other than just like. I feel you. You're there. You're growing clearly. Yeah. I feel good. No. No signs of needing to be. Yeah. And like you said, if I feel like something's off, I'm not going to hesitate to. No. Seek. Yeah. I don't need the label of um, 
wild pregnancy free birthing woman. I don't need that at all. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, I'm not holding that as a badge of honour either. Um, what else have we got? Um, fifth baby here also, third home birth. Any feelings of uncertainty with how body is feeling uterus uterus during and recovery? No scans here either, but wondering if I should have one. Well, it's something that you need to check yeah, in with yourself, really. It's not a question, an outward question. I think that's a should I get one? Why should I get one? What's coming up? Like, is there a fear? Like, is it mine? Yeah. Is it real? Yeah, is it is like, would a scan help mm. your situation? What if know. something was not okay? Like, what would you, it's a lot of, it's a lot to get. Yeah, I think, look, if it's your fifth as well, you might be in the same boat. Um, as us and I like I was feeling quite depleted and obviously not recovered fully from my fourth pregnancy so there was a few things that I definitely wanted to address and I did see a physiotherapist I mean I haven't done any scans um for that but I just haven't felt like I needed to it's more yeah I think more for me it's just being really prepping my body so that I like I've kind of ticked off everything I feel that could help and support a mm. full recovery after this pregnancy. So, yeah. And then I guess it's just feeling into what you think. I mean, fifth time round, you should have a, a good indication mm. of how your body's feeling and if it is more depleted and what it would need in that respect. But sing, sing out if you want to um, have more of a conversation. We're very open to it. More about free birth. <laughs> and what you envisioned for it. I feel like we kind of just went there a little bit, but yeah. I have. I will come out and yeah. we'll move on. Continue. <laughs> Next session. <laughs> yeah. Although it, this might be helpful, actually, if yeah. people feel wrapped up in the need to hold, hold the badge of free birth honor. And because yeah. be, that's big right now. I know I've it spoken is. to a lot of women and they're like, I feel pressured by my group of girlfriends or like, uh, you know, like I've had conversations where women are like, I feel. It's really frustrating that if I don't free birth and I have a duel or I have a someone that that means that I'm being judged and it means mm-hmm. that, oh, you mustn't trust your baby or you mustn't trust your body or you mustn't, like, I just want to call that out because I yeah. think that's fucking stupid and I think it's really damaging for women and mm. I just think that, like, women have birthed with other women for a long, long time yeah. before it was, like, medicalised and industrialised and... And we're also coming from um, like a society where I know 100% I haven't been living in circadian rhythm my whole entire life and I've not grown up with this innate trust in my body and I've not grown up with this innate trust in my own intuition. It's been stamped out and all the things. So I think when it comes to free birthing, it's great if in the moment it feels right but um, I also consider myself like okay have I done the work do like do I know what everything like can I can I see a red flag in my own body when it when it comes up and Mm. those kind of things I think um like help you to understand you and where you're at and like I don't know like it doesn't mean that you don't trust your body Mm. or trust your baby but we are we all have these different backgrounds and Mm. um i think it's okay to iron out 
who you really are. And yeah. this is the, this would be the prep for me for free birth is who are you? Yeah. What do you really want? Yeah. Do you feel safe? Are you holding on to anything yeah. that's going to stop you from or are you getting in the way of yourself? And for me I was. I remember holding on to these stories about and I told you about this, about my old birth keeper. She's yep. not a midwife anymore. She, I don't know what she is. Wise woman, she calls herself. And I was like holding on to these stories and I was like, oh, fuck this. Well, this wouldn't have happened if maybe I just didn't have anybody there. And like I was really like mm. in my head and I ended up inviting her for coffee and I was like, listen, like, you know, what's going on here? What happened there? What's this? And realized mm. like just dissolved all that shit for myself. And then so like for me, my current where I'm at is that if I want her there, mm-hmm. I'm going to call her yep. on the day yep. or the day before or whenever I want. Yep. And then if I want her to come after, then I'm going to call her and she's going to come after and she'll deflate my birth pool and <laughs> talk to Brenton and play with my kids. Yeah. And I feel like when I real I got through all of that, I realised like it can look however you want it to look. Yeah. And it's not like... You go to hospital, you have a hospital birth or you have a private midwife and they come to you. You can actually grow enough and figure out enough for yourself that you can request whatever you want for yourself and what feels good for you. It's not like... I think too... No one's forcing you to do anything. Exactly. And I think too something that was really beautiful in our chat with Melanie was was considering the child as well Mm. and some, you know... Not all babies want to be free birthed. <laughs> so, like, if you if you end up in a situation where you're like, like, there's this urge to have a wise woman present or to have a midwife at some point in your pregnancy or to go into the hospital at any stage or a birth centre or whatever, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, if you're listening to your intuition, I think that's just – that's the most important part. So mm. um, so long as you're discerning from like fear and intuition mm. and yeah, but the most – I think the most important part for any woman is that they feel, feel held and safe and respected mm. um, and yeah, and then choosing the environment that is going to hold that for you is mm. – And being firm with be it. Because yeah. no one else – and I think this is like something Brenton called me out on. He's like – if you don't say that, if you don't say that, like what you want or you didn't say it, yeah, are you – is that somebody else's fault or is that your fault? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're right. <laughs> but it was kind of like the catalyst for me figuring out some of my shit with the stories that I was holding on to. But anyway, I could probably keep on going there but <laughs> I'm not going to and we'll f- finish this off on a fun – Less birthy related, I suppose. Oh well, um, can can I bring up one question? I think that I didn't end up yeah. copying. Uh, circumcision. How do you feel about it? I just don't understand. Oh yeah, that was a question, and I don't think I was, I don't think I got to that. Enough. It's weird for me. I don't understand why you'd cut off a piece of skin that's perfectly designed to to cover another piece of your body part mm. for mm. extended periods of time during the day. <laughs> And for your life, it just is weird. So I have obviously a little bit more to say on the circumcision front coming from a Jewish background. Yeah. um, But I felt deeply even though there was encouragement there for me to circumcise my children, um, I felt quite strongly about not doing that, especially having done the research that I did 
on vaccines and any other kind of intervention. I um, I watched a documentary on circumcision, which was brilliant. And I actually believe – what's her name? Gloria, the mid, that midwife that's been deregistered in Canada. Mm, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Gloria, I forget her last name. I'm so sorry, Gloria. But she has done some fantastic work on circumcision and I think she was in that documentary. Um, and, yeah, it is – I'm going to call it what it is. It's genital mutilation and we wouldn't do it to our girls so I don't believe we should be doing it to our boys. And I think that I, – like I, I've heard there are some medical reasons to do it mm. um, but preventative I would say absolutely not and um, – and, yeah, I feel like our, our men should – if we can keep our men's manhood intact, then we might be able to keep a little bit more about them intact too. Mm. Um, love that. Totally agree. Mm. It's weird. <laughs> Just weird. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> um, the last thing was what are our essentials? I'm assuming for birth or postpartum. Yeah. Birth. Uh, I guess an extra pair of hands because I generally push my babies out over the tiles. So, and I've, I've like I my goal like the one Ooh. thing that I would love to do this like just a catch dream is catch my baby. Catch like I just baby. I just want to catch my baby. But also I've always like for the last three um, births I've had to brace on something, and I've been over tiles, so I have needed an extra pair of hands. Um, Interesting. But, yeah, and towels, lots of oh, bad towels that you can just throw straight to the bin once you use them. <laughs> That's very sustainable of you. They're my birth necessities. I you think. know what? I actually really got into like the um, postpartum maternity like nappies. Last I've year. never used them. I've never. Uh, it was always like it's a hard no for me. But then I actually used them for banjo and I was like, oh, shit, this is like. A game changer. It's a game changer. Okay. I mean, it wasn't for long. It was like a couple of days. But yeah, okay. Like that was so good. Yeah, yeah. I think I just used the Tom pads. They seem like they kind of do the job. Yeah. There's like orga- the organic yeah, yeah, yeah. big maternity ones. It's a bit of cushioning. And um, I also always have homeopathics for after pains because, yeah. fuck me, that's brutal. Well, I managed my fourth. I really just had such a hard time on my second and third. Second, I just had no idea what after, like no one preps you for after pains. Mm. And then the third, it was horrible. I was like, I felt like I had a fever. It was so bad. It was so intense. It felt like, yeah, it was just full on. I was like, never again. Yeah. So I prepped kind of every time after that. But yeah, Yeah. homeopathic seemed to do the trick and just like eating food. Yeah, Yeah, like just... Yeah, full rest and all that, all, yeah. all that type oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, prep for postpartum. I mean, I've done a lot of prep for postpartum. You're really prepping. I'm actually so proud of you. Yeah, so I've employed a doula and she is amazing for postpartum um, who will cook and do body work, which I am just – I'm really excited about. I have – we have a nanny that's going to help us out with the kids and a cleaner. I've gone all out postpartum this time it's nothing I've ever done before um Mm -hmm. except for we did get it actually for when I had Rue we got a nanny come help us for a couple of weeks just so that I could get a couple of hours a day Mm. resting but it that wasn't enough and it definitely isn't what we're getting this time 
we're going full hog. So, yeah, just making sure that I'm really prepped to be able to rest and recover. And postpartum, you're getting someone to cook for you, clean for you. Yeah. You're honouring their resting time and calling out to... I feel like this is a big one and a lot of people will feel this, like the receiving of help in your postpartum is so difficult. Yeah. It's something that we're definitely working on, working on and yeah. becoming more open to, I think, as women and I've, mothers. I've found that like because there's going to be a money exchange here, I'm so much more open to <laughs> receiving it. It's so weird. It's, it's so weird. This is something I need to work on myself. But, yeah, yeah it's – um. I feel like just having that money, like, yeah. But really we should be just accepting help from our or community. if you're a friend who has a friend having a baby, <laughs> just set them a meal chain up for them so they don't have to ask for yeah, it. Yeah, or just drop meals. Don't even <laughs> ask. Don't ask them because if it's, if it's me, you I'm always like, no. no, I'm so okay. Don't worry about it. You do you. Can I cook for you? Like it, it gets really ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, if you have friends having babies, don't even ask them. Just say, when can I drop off a meal? Or I am dropping off a meal. What do you want? <laughs> like otherwise it's going to be something you don't what want. What about like for the baby? Prepping for the baby? Carrier. That's all you need. It's pretty much. It's okay. a carrier. Yeah. You just like so you can it, when you need to get up and do stuff, you can just have them with you. And then I also I do really enjoy either a sheep wool skin mm. so you can just lay them down on the ground if mm-hmm. you can't physically carry because I know some uh, even I kind of struggle those first few days where like you kind of don't want to be standing up and walking. like you just Yeah, but your ab, like your abdomen just feels so weak mm-hmm. and like your back feels really weak and then like carrying, I mean they're only teeny tiny, but sometimes you just need that break every now and then. So, yeah, one of those sheep wool sheep things or the, the bubble clouds mm-hmm. um, if you want to put them on the couch and don't want them to roll off. Yeah, I've <laughs> found them so helpful. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how good they are like outside of that little newborn thing. Though, no. I think for like – Oh, Poet loves hers now because I've just brought it back out for oh, this baby. Oh, so she's getting back in. But she just like – she'll just drag it around with her and then just like lounge on it. Like it's a I, really good – I feel like – Comfy thing. After the fact. So I just used one for Rosie and Banjo. But after after Banjo, I think, or in that time, I learned about like – oh, well, you would know now like midline revolution chat. Yeah, like yeah, babies yeah. who are like this all the time versus like – Stretched open out and open, and yeah. Has like a really big impact. That's why, on like, them. a sheep wool thing they can on the like ground. Freely move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, but those if you want to put they, them, it works. Like they go to sleep and they just like snog, and but you can like, like leave them. They don't roll off the bed. Yeah, and stuff. that's the thing. Like you can put them on yeah. the couch, or you know, and they're not going to roll. That's uh, that's yeah. a big one for me. But if if you can just put them on the ground, I mean, you know, we've got a dog and a lot of other kids, so sometimes the ground's not so appropriate. But yeah. yeah. I think that's – is that everything? Yeah. And a carrier. And maybe like good maternity, like clothing, bras. Whatever I've got. Naked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've got an epic robe that I'll be using. Thank you, Artemisian Collective. (laughs) That is what I will be living in. (laughs) No, it's been so hot to think about putting on a robe right now. And also to think about – leaking breast milk everywhere right now while I'm sitting here sweating in this community. <laughs> I just feel like I'm No, but die. those robes just will absorb it. Like I'm going to live in that. I'm going to birth mm. in it. I'm going to live in it. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited for it. You'll see it a lot. I'll be like doing this in with a carrier and my yeah. robe on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <sighs> all right. Well, I think that's all for now. We've got a fair few more, but I think we'll 
call it a day and do it again in part two. Yeah? Yeah, I reckon. All right, sounds good. We'll um, speak to you all soon and peace out for now. Thanks for tuning in to the Road to Wisdom podcast. To join the journey, you can follow us on Instagram at theroadtowisdom.podcast and at www.theroadtowisdompodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. We look forward to seeing you next week with more juicy content.